precious listeners, this is your keeper speaking. Before you dive into this week's episode, brace yourselves. Jianyu fell prey to some sort of foul curse this recording session, which laid waste to both his main and backup audio. We've done everything we can to clean up what was left, but he's going to sound quite a bit worse than usual. Please accept our apologies. Normal service will resume soon. All human thought, all science, all religion is the holding of a hand to the unexpected. And someday, piecing together associated knowledge would have become such terrifying vistas of reality. And of our friends, when the stars were right, they could climb out of the world from the star flee. But when the stars were wrong, they could not safety. But although they no longer lived, they would never really die. When the universe is vast and inexplicable, and you are weak and insignificant, then you know you are playing Call of Cthulhu. This is an actual play of Call of Cthulhu 7th edition, featuring adult themes and horror. Listener discretion is advised. Find our published scenarios at starsareright.com or contact us for help unleashing your own twisted tales upon an unsuspecting world. And now, settle in, dear listener. Intrigue, high adventure, and cosmic horror await when the stars are right. Hello and welcome back, listeners. Today we will be playing session 8 of The Children of Fear, written by Lynn Hardy and friends and published by Chaosium. Who are you all playing and how are you today? How? I'm still playing Dr. Eudora Lockhart and I'm excited to be here. <laughs> uh, Seb. Hi. Uh, I'm going to be playing Jan Yu Lee, uh, also known as Michael. Uh, it seems like we met some pretty cool uh, some pretty cool people last week, keen to see where he leads us. Brayden. Hey guys, Brayden here. I'm a little sick, but I'm pushing through. I'm playing Sophian. Uh, let's go. Noxicals. I am uh, playing Timur Stepanovich Ripin, and uh, I am looking forward to finding some old men to chat up, to be honest. <laughs> and I'm Fedra, your keeper for the day, and I'm ready for some side quests galore today. Howl, tell us what happened last time. Entering the hidden cave, our intrepid investigators at last behold its wonders, antique statues, piles of ancient manuscripts, and valuable artifacts, several of which appear to have been repositioned for later retrieval by the Russian soldier who last discovered this treasure trove but never returned. Among them are an engraved mirror of black stone, a ritual flaying knife, and a six-foot tantric staff topped with genuine human skulls. Langdon Warner is delighted with the find, though less so with Sofian when his fumble-fingered handling of a manuscript crumbles it to dust. There is plenty more to see though, in fact, behind an ancient and unusual bronze Buddha statue, a crack in the wall hints at a second cave even more hidden than the first. The party hesitates to break through since animal cawing noises are coming from the fissure, and it turns out that Warner shared Xiaonyu's dream the prior night, a savage, giant black bird emerging from a crack in the earth, then exploding into peach petals, which briefly silhouette a seated figure. Once persuaded to take a sledgehammer to the wall, Xiaonyu is indeed greeted with a flurry of squawking and feathers as a large raven makes its escape. Beyond it, the hidden cave contains a bubbling spring, painting supplies, and a life-size statue of a seated man. On the ground next to it, a pile of peach pits and a single fresh peach of mysterious provenance. The walls are yet more mysterious. They feature murals that, from their age, appear to have been painted over hundreds of years, but always in the same style, almost as though by the very same artist. They all feature our investigators, pictured on various stages of an epic journey. Even stranger, the eerily lifelike statue reveals itself to be a living, indeed extraordinarily long-lived, ascetic monk by the name of Tenzin Kalsang. Though apparently a young man, he has been awaiting the party's arrival for 1100 years, having whiled away centuries in meditative contemplation, sustained by mystical peaches procured by the raven, and painting murals to record the visions granted to him by the lords of Shambhala. Their ancient enemy, the King of Fear, seeks to leave Agatha and lay waste to our world, ending it before its time. He must be thwarted. This is the destiny that awaits our heroes, to journey with Tenzin to various sacred sites, collecting artifacts crucial to a ritual that will spare our universe's destruction. 
last time you met uh, Tenzin, who told you um, a few things about all the items you need to acquire, when he told you about the set of seven ritual bowls left by Padma Sambhava at the site of his miraculous birth, Lake Danakosha, then Sofian rolled a history and passed. And that history presented Sofian with a big handout that is on the mirror board right now. Um, and he was going to read for us, but maybe he's like, I remember what what that is and then someone's like oh i also remember what that is let me tell you instead and they cut off sophian <laughs> like sophian i can read your mind let me tell you what you're thinking that is a good handout <laughs> sizable all right yep. well like i said i'm happy to but if someone else wants to jump in this seems like something that Eudora would probably know. Eudora would interrupt Sophia and, and... Well, that's true, actually. Yeah, <laughs> that is quite in character. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, there's no reason for us not to say that someone's going to do it because Brayden's lungs are going to fall out. <laughs> yeah, I think that's fine. <laughs> Let's do it. All right. So for the sake of sparing a poor old Sophia's lungs, um, Eudora's going to regale you all with the knowledge that... Um, Padma Sambhava, known to the Tibetans as Guru Rinpoche, the precious master or teacher, was a prominent historical figure, although little is truly known about him. It is known only that he was an Indian tantric master who helped build Tibet's first Buddhist monastery at Samye, and that he later left Tibet amid court intrigue. To fill in the gaps in this knowledge, there have arisen many legends about Padma Sambhava, his powers and his treasures supposedly born as an eight-year-old child hmm, in the center of a rainbow-colored lotus floating on the waters of Lake Danakosha, still less weird than some of the things the Greek gods got up to, the miraculous boy's special qualities were first noticed by the childless king Indrabuti of Odiyana, who made him his heir. After being banished from the kingdom, Padmasambhava traveled the charnel grounds of India, including Sitavana, gathering tantric knowledge and bending their resident spirits to his will. After an incident in which the king of Rewalsa tried and failed to immolate him for secretly teaching tantric practices to his daughter, Mandarava, Padmasambhava flew to Tibet. There he subdued the country's rebellious demons and gods in a battle at the sacred hill Hepori, converting them to Buddhism and thereby paving the way for the Samye monastery to be built. The guru, by this time already over 1,000 years old, then travelled across Tibet and the Himalayas with another of his consorts, Yeshe Tsogyal, who the Tibetans view as the mother of their faith and a reincarnation of Sakyamuni Buddha's own mother. Yeshe Tsogyal hid various of Padmasambhava's teachings and precious objects, terma, around the country, ready for future treasure revealers, tertons, to uncover when they were needed. The Bardo Thodol, the Tibetan Book of the Dead, is one such terma. An emanation of Amitabha, the Buddha of infinite light, Guru Rinpoche is regarded by the Nyingma school of Tibetan Buddhism, whose teachings derive from his works as their patron deity and founder. Founder, even. They hold that he left Tibet, not because of distrust within the Tibetan king's court, as history would have us believe, but to fight a horde of cannibal demons who threaten to overrun India and Tibet. Now he dwells forever in his pure land, Zankok Pelri, the copper-coloured mountain, where he will teach the Tantras to the demons he conquered until the end of the age arrives. That, was that is tougher than I expected. Lost it in that last paragraph. That moment. <laughs> Thank you, wow. Sophie, and you're a well-read man. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> and later uh, he brings up that after the bowls you will require the musical instruments that you will craft. Um, and then you shall go to Sitavana, which is mentioned in that handout. Uh, did anyone manage to get any more information on Sitavana uh, with a history, law, or occult role? Oh, we need to try this now, do we? Okay. Uh, would you accept history brackets art? A hard one. Why not? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Let me give it that oh, yeah. That is actually... Uh, oh, almost an extreme. That's a hard day. Hard works. Is it, is it worth other people rolling other stuff, or should we just go with Not that? really. Uh, Eudora seems like the kind of person who would share. Yeah, but Eudora is nerding out. I mean, if you have ticked Ooh. a new skill that you didn't improve before, then you can improve it. 
as well because we haven't done the improvements in game oh, oh. yet so all right let me check just keep an eye uh Zetavana was according to Hyun Chang one of the eight legendary charnel grounds of India where Padmasambhava was swallowed by a Dakini and thereby initiated into the secret of the Tantra after passing through her body and being born again although its exact location is the source of much debate it may be in the Indian town of Rajir in Bihar and Orissa. And that is what you know about Sitavana. Now, I'm just going to demonstrate that I'm a lot less knowledgeable than Eudora. Uh, I just want to double check with everyone, what is a charnel ground? A charnel house is a slaughterhouse, right? Is a charnel ground, well, like a mass grave? Kinda. It's basically like grounds where people's bodies yeah. are. An above ground site for the pure well, putrefaction of bodies, general human. So, like piles of corpses. Wow, that's just a thing India has lots of or had lots of, huh? The, yeah, I think I, I, I don't know very much, but I, I reckon it has to do with like a, an overpopulation and also uh, I think they just have different traditions about after death and different considerations. I think from mm. what I've read, it's Indo Tibetan traditions, apparently. Yeah, they That's they nice don't one. have such a big issue with like disrespecting the dead. Mm -hmm, they mm -hmm. didn't, at least in the book. Not like in the Catholic tradition where you have to box people up and put them yeah. in shells and so on. Okay, amazing. That's metal as heck. I love it. After all this, Senzin is very happy that you have agreed to accompany him in this adventure. He says, shall we travel at dawn? That sounds most fantastic, sure. Where will be our first point of... Uh... Exploration. That is up to you to decide. We have the search for the balls, the musical instruments, and of course, we will need a new copy of the liberation ritual. The order is up to you, my friends. Um, I do feel moved to ask, uh, do we need to wait until... I mean, it's only just past daybreak now. That's when we entered the cave, right? Like, as soon as it was light. I guess we mucked around a little bit in the outer cave and then broke through the wall and so on, but like, it's got to be early morning. Um, uh, uh, Mr. Tenzin, uh, are you intending to, to um, reveal your presence to the rest of the expedition? Uh, did you did you need some lodging, some food, perhaps? I don't know. Perhaps hungry after a thousand years of just peaches. I am uh, happy to join as your guest in your dinner. I don't believe I have to reveal or explain myself. Right. Yes. Ha. Why not? Um. Forgive me, little unused to the... Uh, I was never... <laughs> I, I like to think I was properly brought up, but I wasn't taught the etiquette um, for 1100-year-old uh, monks uh, arising suddenly, but I'm, we can, we can <laughs> add a place at dinner, I'm sure. <laughs> Timur will just shake his head in the background, but what has happened to my life? <laughs> <laughs> what do you all think we should do first? Which calls to you? Well, logistically, it would make sense to head to whichever place is geographically closest, yes? Speaking as a an ex-soldier and a man of reason. Yes, the practical approach. I think that's 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 wise. This may be a legendary mystical quest, but let's not uh, let's not lose our heads. Can I roll a navigate roll to attempt to figure out which one <laughs> of those is closest, Keeper? I mean you probably have maps, right? Sure. I, I guess it might not span that far. Um, gosh, I don't know. Sophian's well travelled though, right? Sophian will probably have a decent sense. Yeah, of... why not? If you want to roll. Eudora's been nerding out over the um, Silk Roads in their entirety for absolutely forever since girlhood. Ah, uh, that's a fail. <laughs> oh, okay, Eudora would like to back you up on this. That is. Oh! Bang on! That's a pass, right? Is equal. Sufficient. Much money is a pass, yeah. Fantastic. The locations basically form kind of a circle around, that, like join in a circle from where you are. So you could either go one way or the other and the distances would be the same overall. Right. Well, if the maps tell us that uh, the bowls and the assumed location of this ritual approximately equidistant, I say it makes more sense to... Let's go for the bowls. Then these instruments we have to craft, and uh, I mean, it'll make more sense to, to have the ritual once we know that we can obtain the components, no? 
And apparently it involves less backtracking in the long run. Perfect. Works out practically. Mm-hmm. It makes as much sense to me as any of this does. Any objections to bowls? None whatsoever. I do love <laughs> All right, ritual bowls. Good for, ce- <laughs> good for cereal. <laughs> All round useful uh, crockery items. Nature's container. Nature's, yes. Yes. <laughs> Grown from the bowl tree. <laughs> so you know that in order to travel to uh, Lake Donakosha, you will need supplies, potentially another caravan, porters, and this you, you will need to kind of negotiate and purchase and figure that out. You don't need a caravan for the whole way, but it would make your journey easier and potentially faster. Gosh, this is exciting. A chance to outfit a second caravan in... I, I forget how long we've been on the road for, but however long that is. Not very long. This is much <laughs> more than I get to do when I'm stuck back at the university. I'm thrilled. Mihu is still here, right? With his guys. Yes. Because presumably the plan was they were going to get us back as well? Yes. Okay, so I guess we want to have a conversation with them about hiring them for a longer trip. That's a good idea. Uh, having that conversation with me who uh, reveals that they are not willing to travel beyond Tung Huang, uh, but they are happy to try and help you out with supplies. And then if you need another caravan, you will need to negotiate one in another oasis town along the way. Okay, do we have enough supplies to get us to the next oasis town? Yeah, you can get supplies in Tung Huang. That's right, we're near Tung Huang, we just go back there. Brilliant. Cool. Be who by any chance give us a, a name of somebody he knows is reputable around the area from his knowledge or anything like that? Absolutely not, he's never gone. Like, he, he always does a trip from Xi'an to Tung Huang, <laughs> and maybe from Xi'an to Peking, and that's all he does. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> um, what about the old guy whose name I can't remember? Oh, yes, yeah. Yuan Lu. Perhaps, given that Mi Hu is unable to assist us further, we should speak again with Yuan Lu. Yuan Lu can tell you that the oasis town along the way are Miran, Kotan, potentially Yarkand, and then Srinagar, which is not an oasis town, but it's a big town. Um, after that, you're very nearby. He doesn't know anyone in these places. How long will we need to travel by foot to get to the nearest point? Well, let's finish this chapter and I'll tell you about the traveling. The beginning of the next chapter. It's time for rewards. The investigator development phase. Heck yeah. Everyone can go back to full health unless you have a major wound, but I don't believe anyone has a major wound. Do we actually get hurt? I don't I think anyone. Multiple times. Yeah. Oh yeah, by, by a bird. Big hail. <laughs> <laughs> That's I was, right. I was birded and then I got stabbed, I think. But you should have been, have been regaining one hit point every night anyway. Yeah, the hail, it hurts a long gone, I think. Yeah. But uh, the bird is, is still fresh. When, when were you stabbed? Uh, no, I didn't get stabbed. I got birded twice. I've been birded <laughs> by chickens and I've been birded by the raven. <laughs> Definitely right. recovered from the chicken. Oh, yeah, no. the chicken attack was you like weeks ago. <laughs> I'm um, glad I left my songbird back in, uh, yeah. back in Peking, yeah. man. Like, been the <laughs> that's Chekhov's bird you. at this point. <laughs> You're going to so, get home at the end of this adventure and it's just going to be birds. there with a gun. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe there will be other vermin. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> okay, so. Uh, sanity regains. Ooh. You all get two sanity back for returning the missing items stolen by the Kuetsu men to their owners. Heck yes. Well done. Thanks, animated statues. You get another two sanity points for helping Shen Chu. Uh, yeah. And you get 1d4 sanity points each for defeating or dealing amicably with the Kuetsu men. All right. So dealing amicably. Best friends now, practically. Four points. Thank you very much. Can your sanity at any point exceed your power? Yes. Nice. But it can't exceed your maximum sanity, which is 99 minus your mythos knowledge. Okay. And now it's time for improvement checks. Uh, We can go one at a time and you can give us a little summary of uh, what skills you managed to improve. 
Uh, since you've rolled outside of recording to spare our listeners really long. 25 minutes of hot dice rolling action. (laughs) I got a six. So uh, uh, what about Dr. Eudora Lockhart? Has she become more skillful? Heck yeah. All right, Eudora's coming in hot with an improved appraise. She's up to 59. She did not improve her archaeology because she's already a whiz at that nerd stuff. Nor is she any better at dodging. But her history's up a little bit. Her Chinese has improved a smidge, so, you know, maybe if we find some more people who speak Chinese, I realize we're moving out of China, but (laughs) you never know. Uh, Maybe she can communicate a bit better with Shen Chu. Library use also slightly increased, so those nerd stats just piling up. Uh, Listen up a little bit. No improvement on psychology, um, despite her attempts, um, nor at riding, so I guess her horse isn't teaching her anything, but she is just a little bit more observant. Excellent, thank you. how about uh, Jan Yu? Uh, so Jan Yu is up two points on first aid. You've got a bit of practice in that. Up six for occult. She's becoming quite the occultist. Uh, just gobbling up all of that, uh, all of that sacrilegious religion. Um, plus three to psychology, plus three to spot hidden. Um, uh, and uh, failed all of the rest of his checks. Uh, Shen Chu also failed every single improvement check she made. Uh, oh, she is no. exactly as good as she was before. Great Already perfect. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, tell us a little bit about uh, Sofian's improvements. Okay, so Sofian ended up gaining two points to his history art skill. So that's going to probably come in handy, I guess. Uh, he failed his <laughs> psychology and spot hidden roles, as he's pretty decent at those already. But he managed to become a lot more stealthy, increasing his stealth by nine points. Mm. Sneaky chubby man with a moustache. Oh yeah, <laughs> you never see him coming. Does he hide behind the moustache? <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> He's like snake with the box. <laughs> he goes red, tensing his face, and then the moustache just expands and covers him like a bush. <laughs> <laughs> like a ghillie suit. Use of those muscular lips. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, what an oh, and finally, uh, tell us a bit about Timor's improvements. Uh, yeah, sure. So Timor uh, honed his charm craft, uh, chatting up Wang Yuanlu. Uh, so he's up to twenty charm. Uh, he's better at brawling, which I think might have been from kicking the chickens. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it works. <laughs> Extend the foot. Yes. Yeah, so 62 for punching chickens. Uh, my intimidate has terrifyingly improved to 73. Uh, oh. I'm one mean, tall Russian. Uh, psychology is up to 61 and history of art is up to 51. I got a bunch of stuff that had way lower that I should have failed and I should have therefore increased in but i passed them all in my, in my things so i've mostly increased stuff that i was already quite good at which is weird so uh, min-max. just the luck of the dice sometimes <laughs> yeah min max that character except for the charm obviously lovely old man charm excellent are you all ready to hit chapter three of the children of fear so wipe. yes <laughs> bring it on Excellent. Having been recruited to a strange quest by an apparently mortal priest, your eyes turn westward across the Tarim Basin and the fringes of the vast Taklamakan Desert to the mountain valleys of India and the ancient lost kingdom of Gandhara. The Tarim Basin, a truly fearsome place with a terrible reputation. The Tarim Basin is one of the most inhospitable places on earth more commonly known as Chinese Turkestan. It is home to the Taklamakan Desert, described by Swedish explorer Sven Heden as the worst and most dangerous desert in the world. The basin also contains the Lop Desert and is flanked on its eastern edge by the trackless wastes of the Gobi Desert. Truly, this is not a place for the faint-hearted. Despite all its dangers, the Tarim Basin was once part of the ancient Silk Roads, which passed along its northern and southern edges, supported by the presence of the conveniently spaced oases. Although largely forgotten during the past several hundred years, the Silk Roads have recently come back to prominence, particularly after the discoveries made by noted explorers Sir Mark Orlstein, Sven Heden, and Paul Pellier, to name a few. Thank you. 
The most feared sandstorms in the Taklamakan Desert are the Karabura, the Black Hurricanes, where the sky turns black as midnight and the desert's sand and stones are lifted into the air, spun up to dangerous speeds, then hurled back down again to the detriment of any who happen to be in their way. According to Albert von Lecoq, in 1905, one Karabaran overturned an entire caravan of carts carrying heavy silver ingots. The strange clashing and wailing noises that accompany such storms are alleged to drive people mad. Some believe the sounds are the ghostly cries of those who lost their lives to the tempests in ages past. Others claim they are the cries of flesh-eating monsters, Isachas, that roam the storm looking for fresh meat. These creatures may even be the source of Marco Polo's reference to the region as ghoul infested. Well, that doesn't sound ominous at all. Not at all. So, um, traveling-wise, you have two choices. The first one is to take the southern Silk Road to Kotan and possibly Yarkand, depending on the time of year, before heading over the Karakoram Pass to Le and Peshawar beyond. This route also crosses Srinagar, Sofian's hometown. Uh, the other is to follow the northern Silk Road via Turfan uh, to Kashgar before crossing the mountains to Gilgit via the Kilk Pass and then down to Chagdara. Both journeys will take you approximately five months by foot or four months if you're riding. Does the northern pass lead to anyone's hometown? No. Alright, pretty clear-cut choice, I would have thought then, I don't know, what do you guys think? Yes, if, if we do head through my hometown, uh, we will be met with uh, hospitality, which could probably ease some of the financial burden on us. Assuming hospitality means food, I of course won't turn it down. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, so uh, you actually can either negotiate a new caravan here in Tunghuang or get one in the one of the oasis towns along the way. It's kind of up to you. Um, Miho is happy to help. Refueling and restocking will not be a problem overall. It's about whether you want a caravan or not. You can technically just walk it, <laughs> but uh, it takes a bit longer. We've got our ancient monk, we've got our adopted child. Let's just head out <laughs> across the trackless wastes by ourselves. <laughs> What's the problem? I don't know, I vote caravan, personally. How do you guys feel? Yeah, me too. And we should take advantage of Mihu's expertise, right? If he can give us an idea of what seems like a fair price and that kind of thing, then we can make sure we're not being completely ripped off. There we go, exactly. Okay. One always feels so naked without a lot of, you know, native bearers about the place. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I guess you have the whole day to prepare, so you would take advantage of that. It will take around... $100 per month for a fully stocked average caravan um, depending on your negotiation skills of course that is if you pass your social roles negotiating so that would involve porters uh, guides if you want to food animals equipment whatever uh, you can get a smaller caravan which would cost less but it would be missing some of the components, maybe no equipment, no animals. And then in order to kind of figure out what the final price after bargaining is, one of you will have to uh, give us a social role and the level of success will determine the final price. And I'm happy to give a bonus title to that because of me who's help. Nice. Yeah, I guess we could either have Timor scare them into joining us or giving us a good price. <laughs> Um, unfortunately, Intimidate is not one of the options to negotiate purchasing things in a respectable establishment. No, I think you will drop the price, my friend. <laughs> Flash's gun. Uh, Sofian has 65 in charm otherwise. What else do you have, uh, team? Diddly uh, squat this end. <laughs> you don't. Hilariously, I think, um, unless, if, if charm is viable, I say we go with charm. Um, Otherwise, uh, Jan Yu has 50 in Persuade, and Shen Xu has 65 in Fast Talk. Oh my god. <laughs> she just said, uh, <laughs> I'm not sure how she would like Fast Talk her way I out. I love it. She walks up to the guy, cracks her knuckles. Right, let me sort this out, guys. I'm the, le I'm the legendary explorer.
So I'm Mark Orlstein. I'm the reincarnation of yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> he is the the slayer of terracotta spirits. Yeah. How is your Chinese looking, Sophin? Oh, nine points in Chinese. Okay. Yes. I mean, I guess you couldn't be charming without speaking a language. A lot of. If it was persuade, it would have definitely given you a penalty die for that. Or like I would have had you roll Chinese, and then if <laughs> you failed. All Sophia needs to charm is to show off his muscular lips, and that's <laughs> that's exactly it. That moustache twirl. We got to yeah. put on a full Prince Ali ceremony, I think, to best showcase it. We got to come in with the elephants, the monkeys, <laughs> with fans, and then he can just be above it all. Like he doesn't speak the local language, that's fine, but he will look very charming, and then we will translate for him. <laughs> Sounds great. Can you roll me a charm with a bonus die, please? Of course, I can. Also, you going for an average? normal caravan or are you thinking extra equipped or cheaper or what are your thoughts extra equipped i'm sat on uh 400 cash personally is this are we is everything in dollars or were we talking silver dollars or anything this like is that? in dollars okay i'm sat on 400 dollars cash and that's without liquidating two g's in assets so i could fund this whole thing myself <laughs> Feasibly. I don't mind chipping in for like luxury if other people can help split the cost. What was the result of the roll? Extreme success. Okay, then. Oh, it's all free then, presumably. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, it that's is. How that works. It comes down to $50. For, per day. Per month. Per month, sorry. Per day. <laughs> we make it one week into the desert and food runs $50 out. $50 per month, and you have estimated that it would take you approximately. Five, four to five months. How many months would you like to pay for? Oh, amazing. Um, you don't pay everyone up front, right? Because then they just stab you in the back your first night in the desert and go home. You don't pay the porters, but you pay to hire the caravan. You pay all up front? Yeah. Okay. From the, like, outfitter. And we estimated four to five months, did we? Yeah. Was it four months riding, five months on foot? Yeah. Can we get, like... Can we assume everyone's a riding on A caravan involves some... animals, so you can be on carts and stuff. Or if you can, if you want to get a horse, you can do that as well. Okay. So I can pay them for four months, is what you're saying? Yeah, but then if it goes for longer, you're going to have to... Pay the difference. Or hire at another. Oh, there's a chance you're saying that we will run out of caravan. Yeah. I see. Yeah. Imagine the caravan loading bar. <laughs> yeah, exactly. As soon as they're not, like, so they're going to have a little calendar and a clock and they're going to be like, okay, you're done now. And then they, like, start returning. The camels just start to fade like, uh, Would you need like to Marty also... McFly in his photos. <laughs> <laughs> I, say, I say we pay for the four months and then if the caravan starts to expire... <laughs> then we employ the Shenshu fast talk to be like, no, 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 that was the third month. But you can clearly tell because there's still leaves on the trees. I'm pretty sure it's still technically summer. So uh... that sounds more like an aura tree than a fast talk. But uh, it's, it was left out of the newest newest uh, uh, editions of Cold <laughs> What a loss. All right. Well, look, I'll chip in the extra 50, <laughs> 50 bucks for a fifth month. Okay. That's um, what is... What is five times 50, 250? I'd slam it onto the counter. Oh, coming out of your cash? I don't know. Does anyone want to split this with me? Yeah. I but can you can't it. use your daily spending on this. No, this is out of cash, presumably. Yeah. I will split it with you. Jenyu has $20 and Shenshu has three, so... <laughs> Shenshu just brings out her $3 and she'd like... <laughs> Will this buy a caravan? <laughs> oh my god, you poor, poor people. I can okay. liquidate uh, some assets. <laughs> wait, am, am, I, am I like the flushest with cash? Is 400 like a ridiculous amount? That's a lot of money. It's 10, 10 times what I have. Oh, I did not realise. I will fund this whole thing. This is a girlhood dream for you, Dora. She doesn't care. She will pay for your friendship. That's fine. Yes. <laughs> You'll like it with that extreme success. Yeah, it's pretty Otherwise sweet, it would actually. have been more than all of your money. We would have had to liquidate a little bit. Yeah. Okay, cool. Going down to 150 cash. You'd have to, like, telegram or, like, have Charles wire you money. Yeah, something. I assume my sentiment says strongly wired the telegram. Sell the car. <laughs> exactly. Like, Charles, listen. <laughs> Met incredibly old man. Must depart. <laughs> oh, yeah. See you never. Yeah. Are you guys sending any letters before you go? <laughs> I think so. Probably. At least a quick note. <laughs>
Will a letter arrive at my hometown before I get there? Probably not. It depends on uh, any adventures along the way. Oh, very you can true. write a letter. Assuming <laughs> that it will go very smoothly, you will pass through this deadly desert without any issues. Yeah. You can write a load of postcards, take some pictures, and then we'll just hand deliver them as we arrive. <laughs> I'm assuming there's nowhere we could send a telegraph from here. Telegram, sorry. We got a telegram from uh, Watts's face. Doing well. Yeah, like we, yeah, we received yeah. a telegram. Oh, yeah, we yeah, got we're, one, yeah. We're in town now, exactly. Big town. Yeah, you can telegram before you go. Yeah, well, in that case, Timor would like to send a telegram, which I won't go into the details of. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Sneaky, so, sneaky, sneaky. You have secured yourselves a caravan until the 31st of May. It is now the 31st of December, and you're departing on the 1st of January. Happy New Year. Wow. Uh, did you like would you like to do anything else on this day or are you happy to depart i would like to spend the day in a madcap um montage just showing tenzin modern things yeah what am i talking about it's the 31st of october (laughs) we were hidden in that cave for two months (laughs) okay let me recalculate everything because this is bad wait if we're 31st of march there we go. Okay, so it's 1st of November. Okay, that's silly of me. So we're going to be travelling through the desert in, like, the heart of winter. Yep, enjoy. Oh, the <laughs> evening's going to be so nice and warm. I better, I better get a letter back to my wife saying I'm not going to be home for Christmas. Oh, yes. Aww. Tell Manya I won't be home for Christmas. We're going to miss Chinese New Year. Just a bunch of stuff in yeah. the desert. I let Charles know, and I write back to the university, like, that lol, see so you know, someone else can write those exam papers. <laughs> i got more important stuff to do. Then you will write back to the, uh, uh, to the friend with whom he left his, uh, his songbird, Shaosanyin, to say, thank you for looking after my bird, and maybe unavoidably detained for a little longer. Uh, <laughs> If you don't hear from me, please uh, continue taking care of them. Um, and then explaining where all of my possessions are stored if costs exceed the money that I left. <laughs> cool. It's very honest. And uh, a new day dawns, the 1st of November, 1923. You're all gathered with your new friend, Tenzin Kalsang, and you're off to the desert. (laughs) Your path is marked by wooden posts to prevent travellers from becoming lost at night or during storms. Other, more gruesome trail markers are the bleached bones of previous visitors to the region. The paths around the edges of the desert link together a series of glacier-fed oases, large and small, and never more than a few days' march apart. Even with the way markers, it's all too easy to lose one's way and wander off into the heart of the Taklamakan, never to be seen or heard from again. Mm. About 40 miles or 65 kilometers southwest of Tunghuang, the Gate of the Sun marks the route towards the numerous oasis towns of the Southern Silk Road, the most important of which are Kotan and Yakand. During your travels, you experience more dreams and visions. They come in fragments and unclear sensations. Some are visions you've seen before, and some paint a slightly clearer picture over time. Your most vivid dreams over time add up to these images. Eudora, you are back, as in your previous vision, watching the Indian holy man you've seen before, and even more familiar faces in your entourage. Tenzin and Shen. After creating his bone owl altar, he invites you to sit around a fire, places some branches in it, and then stares at you, studying your face. You are hit by a foul smell, briefly overwhelming your senses. Jian Yu, there are painted ruins all around you, and you feel like you're being watched. Your eyes fall on a painting of a creature without a mouth or eyes. There is someone lying on the floor by your feet. Sofian, you find yourself in a hotel room or similar. You wake up to the sound and odour of the dark outline of some thieves ransacking through your possessions. 
You feel your adrenaline rising while at the same time you find yourself on the verge of throwing up. Timor, you're hiding and watching a large group carrying torches. The hooded figures lay baskets of food on the ground next to what looks in the darkness like a sea of rats looking away from them towards a mysterious figure. Spooky stuff. These visions kind of come in fragments throughout your journey, so mm. you get a little bit more, like, over time. I assume they become a regular topic of conversation over morning coffee then, since uh, there was yeah, a literally yeah. prophetic dream involving that bird exploding yeah. out of a crack, we'd all be very dream aware, I think. Um, Shen would also share her dream. She says, um, I, 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 we were following a man with braided hair, oh, like, like, like you, Miss, Mr. Tenzin, uh, and we were in an orchard of fruit and nut trees, and there was there was a glowing light in the distance. It was really weird. Besides the dreams, the weather is more than a little odd as you travel around the desert fringes. The sunstorms have started much earlier than February. And there are strange, airless days when the temperature rises well above the seasonal norm. Occasionally, you hear the caravan members grumble about the strange weather. Ominous. Good thing we've got a good caravan. <laughs> a grumbling caravan. Sophia, you have travelled this way before, yes? Yes, uh, that I have. Familiar with this kind of weather? I... Hmm. Keeper, I experienced normal weather the first time I came through here. Yeah, this is very unusual compared to yeah. what you what you know of. Mm. Yeah, the first time I came through was uh, far more normal. The weather appears to be uh, out of season almost. Tenzin kind of observes you with a soft smile on his face, not really participating very much. I don't know about you fellows, but um, having a lot of trouble sort of assimilating the, you know, the stories we've been told, legendary uh, lords of this and, and evil kings of the other, and it's all, but um, I don't know, this weather, it has me, has me a little on edge. I do hope there isn't a Karaburan on the horizon, one of the Black I do hope hurricanes. not, I've read about those, fearful. And then speaking to, uh, to Tenzin and you will ask you, Master Bodhisattva. Are you familiar with this kind of pattern? Have you seen Kudubran before? Uh, not myself. Uh, but this strange weather is merely a taste of what is to come if the gates of Agatha are allowed to fully open. Such phenomena will only worsen with time. That's very reassuring, I must say. I'm sure you saw it in jest, but... I take comfort in knowing that we're on the right path. Yes, there is that. And chin up, I suppose. You ride past a very small village. Uh, your caravan tell you that the people who live there uh, are known as the Abdao. Uh, the lifestyle there seems to be nomadic and there is not much to indicate that you could restock or refuel there, as any locals you see look at you with some suspicion. You move past it and then journey forward until it's lost in the horizon. The weather is, is tolerable at this time of day, with temperatures being no, log, no lower than 5 degrees and the wind blowing pleasantly rather than forcefully. But then, everyone please roll spot hidden or listen. Oh, nearly improved spot hidden, let's do this. That's a success. Yeah, no, two more fails at both. That's 66, so I fail. Uh, can I be told what successes we have and in which one? Eudora succeeds in spot hidden. Just Eudora, by the sounds. Uh, Shenshu has also succeeded in spot hidden. There we go. Uh, Eudora and Shenshu, uh, you can see dust clouds on the horizon. Oh, shit. <laughs> The caravan master says, we need to hunker down in, in, in order to weather the storm. The Karaburan is coming. Mm. You 
look around to find some shelter among the dunes without straying too far from the path. Can I get a group life roll? Come on, Shenshu. Shenshu! Not so much. That is a 61 uh, over 25. Yaza. Nice. The caravan starts heading in a direction, but shelter is not easy to find. The storm is getting closer and closer. Can everyone please roll me a power roll? Oh boy. It's getting real, guys. That is a hard success for Timon. Thirty-one. Oh, hard success Ex- for Sophia. Extreme success for Eudora. Has anyone failed? No, Shenshu failed. Oh no! Shenshu, no! <laughs> She's immediately sucked up into a tornado. Never seen again. <laughs> you all managed to hold it together, but Shenshu, looking at the storm, panics. The sounds and sensations overwhelming and terrifying her, and she starts. See, she flees in the opposite direction Shenshu, to the no. caravan. Uh, yeah, then you will immediately start running after her. Um, she's normally faster than him, but I feel like running on sand, the fact that she has very short legs would probably be a, a substantial hindrance. <laughs> Eudora would like to run as well, but sorry. Are you all running after Shinchu? We've got to save this kid. The caravan is like, you're not paying us enough for this, and they like, head towards the shelter to hunker down. <laughs> I very TPK, I don't know about you guys. Sophian, he has 30 in Desert Survival, and assuming my own, Brayden's, Desert Survival is somewhere under that, uh, Sophian's going to stay next to the pack animals and just shout out, You fools, come back. Don't leave the caravan. (laughs) (laughs) I think he said to keep running. Faster, everyone. His Desert Survival role is don't run alone in the middle of the desert during a storm. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We'll be fine. I've heard what you do is you you burrow under the snow and then you breathe through a hollowed out straw until the uh, rescue dogs come and find you. Yes. We're in the desert. Eudora. There's no snow here. (laughs) Just yelling from the pile of camels. You start running towards Senchu. Chen, you're running after Senchu. Eudora running after. Genuine. Sorry, Timo, did you say you're also running? Uh, I was I was going to, but if there's two people already running, I think what Timor will do is he'll he'll run but try and keep um Sophian and the pack animals in sight to act as a kind of a halfway beacon. If you he's, he's try really to keep guy, them in sight, right? you can't go very far because the sand is just blowing up is everywhere. blowing up everywhere <laughs> and you can't see almost anything, including the people in front of you and the people behind you. You can see the caravan only if you're literally hankered down with the caravan. So what do you do, Timor? I've got some desert survival, and these two city-dwelling idiots probably don't. I got 40, thank you very much. I did my time in Egypt. Oh yeah, she's in in Egypt, she's an archaeologist. You're better than me, then. Yeah, (laughs) I know what I'm about. Jan, you see on a 30, he's done a lot of travelling. I think I probably know that, right? Okay, fine. In that case, Timor will sort of start to see that those two are running and say, well, go back to the pack animals with Sophian. Okay, well, uh, you guys can hang out and enjoy observing the action. (laughs) (laughs) Is there not a camel-based encounter? There's no camel-based encounter. Unless you want to, like, kick a camel. I have stats for a camel here, if you want to, like, start fighting your own camel. (laughs) (laughs) There, the... Porters tell you a lot of very interesting stories. You hang out, bond. Can't hear anything, obviously. Your eyes are closed because of the sound, but hang it down. Um, More, <clears throat> where does Tenzin go, importantly? Tenzin is also with the caravan. Awesome. He, he lets you fight your own battles. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. What a lot of um, help this chap is. <laughs> Immortal, mystical monk. He's like, yeah, this is fine. Let's do what you want. <laughs> he, he wants to know that you're truly suitable to save the, save the world. Mm, this is all a test. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So everyone running. You can't see anything ahead of you. But looking behind you, you see a black tornado. 
and it's catching up fast. The overpowering wind blows away everything not attached to you, and rocks start flying around you, threatening to hit you at every turn. This was a lot quieter in my box. Hold my (laughs) chase scene diagram. Okay. (laughs) Oh, wow. There is a storm chase diagram here, guys. We are in for it. Nice. Let's me roll up. <laughs> is it like a picture of a sort of swirly tornado by a seven-year-old and it just says, you are here? <laughs> <laughs> Not quite. It's a little more, um... I don't really know what's going on here, honestly. No, don't. It's, it's just for me. Okay. So, uh... Shen is, is in, in way ahead of you. And she's moving forward, followed by Janyu and Eudora, but you're not, you're all not very far away. You're actually quite close to each other, but you can't really see very much. Um, can the people involved in the chase please give me constitution rolls? Mm-hmm. Failure. Ooh, no. Choke down that sand. Hard success for Janyu. Okay. Failure for Shenchu. Okay, that one's good. Failure for Shenchu. Okay, so you're literally all fine. You start running and you're being chased by this this black storm. It's still quite far off in the distance. Um, can I get a group black to determine how far away the nearest shelter is in the direction you're running? God damn it, Shenchu. Why do you have to be the one to run? <laughs> that is not a success. Now, we're going to roll navigate every round. <laughs> or you can do desert survival, either navigate or desert survival, uh, to figure stuff. out, to, to, to try and run towards the shelter. Unless you're running after Senchu, in which case she's the only one to run navigate or desert survival and you're following her. What sort of shelter are we heading for? Something to like cover you and protect you. From we can the see storm. like a rock formation or something. Yeah. Okay. So our goal is to get Shen Chu and all head towards the shelter, presumably. Yeah. In fact, uh, you're all like have exactly the same speed based on your constitution rolls. So you can, if if you wanna roll strength, one of you and pick up Shen Chu. You're welcome uh. to do that, and then. You can skip or navigate for one turn. Yeah, I would love to do that because Shenshu is not good at any of those things. <laughs> I would just pick up Shenshu. Okay. It's Shenshu's turn first. Can you. I guess. Can you roll me either a navigate or a survival desert for her? Uh, she failed navigation. Okay. So Shenshu is going here and. Theatre of the mind. <laughs> she also failed her con roll and like yeah. has a size of twenty. She's not able to just very quickly in sand. Um, <laughs> She's yeah. just floating. Uh, Eudora, uh, you can either try to move and then try to pick up Shen Chu um, with a strength roll, or uh, roll navigate or does survival to try and figure out which way is shelter. Is it me first? Yeah. Okay. Unless you want to delay your turn and go after Jenny. Uh, my strength is 60. I'm gonna, I'm gonna try and grab this child. Scoop the child. Come here, you foolish girl. Uh, yeah, that's a hard success. Okay, you start running towards Shenshu and you pick her up. Uh, Janyu, would you like to roll Navigate or Desert Survival? Uh, I will go with Desert Survival. That is still a success. Um, mm. Okay, well, you start following Yudora and Shenchu. Uh-huh. And the storm is getting significantly closer. Shenchu was not heading in the direction of the shelter, huh? No, absolutely <laughs> not. Brilliant, okay. We've got to recalibrate. Uh, Shenchu can roll either navigate or survival again if she likes to. She succeeds! Finally, she got a point Uh, Shen points at the opposite direction that you're going to, uh, but she doesn't get to move because she's literally lifted. (laughs) Um, Unless you want to put her down and let her go ahead. No, no, I will just pay attention as she yells in my ear that we're going the wrong way. Okay. And about face. 
Sounds good. And uh, yeah, you start headed back to the normal direction. I'm gonna say you all move as a unit at this point. So I'm happy to ask for one of you to be rolling every turn. Right. Of course, at this point, the storm is really close to you. You can you can feel it almost getting you. My hat. Can I get a group? I guess a uh, higher, either navigate or survival. Uh, mine are both forty. How are you doing, Johnny? Uh, you're better than me. All right. I will hold your hand and hold this child with my other hand and attempt. Ah, I got 50, so that's super cool. Might be time to burn some luck so we don't get sucked into a tornado. Um, I'm gonna burn 10 luck points if that's the way I keep it. Okay, yeah, <laughs> you keep going in that direction. Gosh. And forward. Luck down to 30. But we stumble on towards the rocks, hopefully. And the storm is so close to you right now that its edges start hitting you. Everyone can get one point of damage, please. Ouch. Why is we just like whipped by airborne gravel? Yeah. Mm. If we make it through this, young lady, you would better start paying attention to my lessons. One more navigator survival, please. Alright, we're looking at... No, that's a terrible failure. I don't have enough luck to um, spend on it. That's a 71. Uh, you, uh, you double, like, you question yourself and you start heading the opposite direction that you were before. Wait, wait no! <laughs> um, and you get once again all spiked by the, uh, storm. Can you please lose another hit point? Ouch! But then, in a stroke of luck, the sky suddenly clears and the storm dissipates. Oh, that's handy. Uh, but you have no idea where you are. You can't see the shelter ahead. And you can't see the caravan behind you. Is it just sound dunes as far as we can see? Yeah. As you walk forward, you, Eudora, are tripped by something on the ground. <gasps> you think it's a rock. I think it's a rock. But you hear a deep crunch from your foot going into it. A really fragile hollow rock. Okay, I turn back and engage archaeologist vision. It is a mummified face with a horrified expression on its face. It looks up Ooh. at you, its eyes sunken in from your misstep. Anyone not used to such a vision, please roll sanity. I don't believe I'm used to a darn thing, actually, so yep. How's Shen Chu on the dead body's front? Is Shen Chu even conscious at this point? Ooh. She's a half Is she? Well, she lost it one at a time, so yeah, she's fine. Okay. Poor Shen Chu, she won't live long. She also fails her sanity. 1d3, please. Uh, Eudora's newly improved sanity uh, rescued her. Shenchu is having a really rough time <laughs> in general. Yeah, she's like, she's at half out, she's bleeding out from a head wound from a rock. Uh, she's like, she's going slightly insane. This is why we do what our elders and betters tell us. And looking around you, you can't see which way is best to go. And to your surprise, you see a couple of figures approach you in the distance. Are they walking in an ordinary human fashion? Or are they loping ghoulishly? I say you are near the Lopnor Desert, so they're probably loping. <laughs> <laughs> That's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, are we like glimpsing these figures? Are we like, ah, rescue? Or are we like, wait, something's wrong with these guys? First, ah, rescue. But then you ca catch a glimpse of red glowing eyes. Must be a trick of the light. And that is where we're going to end today's session. Oh. We finally found them, the children of fear. Oh, oh. Thank Great. you for the cliffhanger suggestion. Oh, no. <laughs> we did. <laughs> A good thing you guys kept the camels safe, that's the main thing. That brings us to the end of today's episode. Thank you so much, everyone. Brayden, Noxicals, Hal, Seb, and of course, our amazing co-editor, Jason. You've all been the best. And a big, massive thank you to our listeners. You're all exceptional. Your listens, comments, and ratings are incredibly helpful. But if you want a way to support us further, consider joining us over on patreon.com forward slash stars are right. We owe a particular thank you to our first patrons, Julia and Inete and Nikos. Your support makes all of this possible. 
We'll be back shortly to record Beyond the Madness for our Cult Elder tier patrons. They get access to behind-the-scenes discussion after every episode, as well as bonus episodes, exclusive Discord channels, and more. Speaking of Discord, you can find an invite link to our Discord community, as well as all of our social media links on our website at starsaright.com. Come join us! Now, farewell, dear listeners, until the stars are right again.